0: Hi, am Chris Voss here from the Chris Voss Show.com. The Chris Voss Show.com. Welcome to the big show, my family friends. We really appreciate you guys coming by. Thanks for being here and tuning in. As always, you guys are the most amazing audience in the world. So brilliant, so smart. That's because you've been listening to the Chris Voss Show for 14 years and 1,400 episodes. And we're putting out two to three New podcast episodes a day. We're just getting flooded with all the, the big publishing companies and everything we're doing. So, if you're not referring the show to your family, friends, or relatives, go to goodreads.com for test Chris Voss, YouTube.com for test Chris Foss, and uh, LinkedIn.com for test Chris Foss. Subscribe to the big LinkedIn newsletter, the 130,000 LinkedIn group, and uh, all of our different things. So, we're trying to be cool on TikTok. So, uh, give us some help out there because uh, we're old, man, and TikTok doesn't get us. Uh, they're just like, who are you people? What are you doing? Uh, we've got some amazing uh, thinking and mind. <laughs> Notice I only use the word one mind because we all know all the smart guests on the show are the brilliant ones, and I'm just the dumb one. But uh, Karen Brown joins us on the show today. She is the brilliant mind. Notice there's only one. It's, it's not plural. Uh, who's going to be joining us on the show today? She is the CEO of exponential results. She is the founder and CEO of the company, and she draws on over 30 years of experience as a corporate executive with over 20,000 hours of senior executive coaching experience. Her coaching methods are based on neuroscience, which I could probably use some neuroscience now, uh, allowing her to reach the subconscious and unsom, and, uh, un- <laughs> An uncon- unconscious. I want to say unsubconscious. That's what was getting me there. Let's uh, go with
1: that, unsubconscious.
0: The unsubconscious. Did I just invent a new word, a paradigm? You did. I don't know. My psychologist says I need to work on my unsubconscious and get a frontal lobotomy, but that's another story <laughs> for another time. Uh, and the unconscious mind of her clients where negative patterns are formed. Clearly, I have, I have some of those. And where real change can occur. She's a focused athlete. Having completed as an amateur in the Ironman World Championships in Hawaii and numerous endurance events around the world, Karen is the author of Unlimiting Your Beliefs, Seven Keys to Greater Success in Your Personal and Professional Life. Welcome to the show, Karen. How are you? I am
1: fabulous. Thank you.
0: Fabulous, darling. Fabulous. (laughs) Wonderful to have you on the show. We are having some fun with that, with the old BBC there. Uh, So uh, give us your .com so people can find you on the interwebs, please.
1: YourExponentialResults.com. That's spelled Y-O-U-R, like you, YourExponentialResults.com.
0: There you go. And uh, your book was t- entitled Unlimiting Your Beliefs, Seven Keys to Greater Success, Your Personal and Professional Life, Told Through My Journey to the Toughest Race in the World. That's my as in yours, not my as in mine. Uh, January 9th, 2018. Uh, so welcome to the show. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, like your origin story. What, what got you here and got you into doing all these hard events, like, uh, you know, doing... Uh, <laughs> doing these <laughs> these tough events like what, what did you do or did you you're just like hey i really want to. yeah go doing these hire... tough events just for fun yeah for wait you don't get paid for this oh no my friend
1: I, I got to pay money to do them
0: yeah and you, you accepted <laughs> that you like went hey this seems like a good Ooh. idea at the time so what motivated you want to do all that
1: it's actually a great story so when i was 14 years of age i was flipping through the channels on the tv And I saw the coverage of the Ironman World Championships in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And I I didn't know what an Ironman was. Uh, I didn't even know what a triathlon was. And I was stopped dead in my tracks because of the drama that I saw unfolding. Uh, This was the year of Julie Moss and Kathleen McCartney, uh, which is a famous rivalry. Mm -hmm. And it truly was a big drama that unfolded. And right before my eyes was sort of this train wreck that I, I could not look away from. I literally couldn't tear myself away from it. And I wondered why, because I literally didn't know what was going on. And I sat down on the couch, and over the next few minutes, these big emotions began to well up inside me, and I started to tear up. Wow. And what I realized was, I started looking at that and comparing uh, myself to it and thinking, what if I have inside me what it takes to do that? Wow. And I'm not tapping into it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just living this small, safe life. That's exactly what I was doing. Even though I was really successful, I had mm-hmm. all the outer trappings of success, but I knew in my heart of hearts that I was only doing things that I knew I could achieve. Oh. Now, all of a sudden, here was this behemoth Monster, humongous thing. Mm-hmm. That caused me to want to vomit anytime I thought about it because I didn't have any earthly idea how anyone could do it. Yeah. Uh, keep in mind, so Ironman World Championships is a 2.4 mile swim in the ocean, mm-hmm. 12 mile road bike, followed by a 26.2 mile marathon. Mm-hmm. You have 17 hours to complete the race. And it's in really difficult conditions: uh, high heat, humidity, crosswinds. Y- you have everything uh, against you. In this I can't frame.
0: do this in my uh, in my at my gym or in the living room with the uh, walking thing, whatever. <laughs> the treadmill. The treadmill, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I don't exercise. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, but the thing was, uh, you. I had up to this point, I had never run a marathon. I was primarily a recreational runner mm-hmm. and I had never even ridden a road bike. I was a mountain biker. Oh, wow. But I, all of a sudden, from watching this and connecting to it in the deep way that I did, mm-hmm. I wanted to do it because mm-hmm. I felt this innate sense of, okay, I have to do that to see what I'm capable of. Oh, wow. All of us have um, a, a enormous infinite potential mm-hmm. and this will be my way to tap into that and to wow. really learn what I'm capable of.
0: Was there something in your past or, or or did you just kind of just kind of realize that maybe you need to push your boundaries to a new level?
1: Yeah, I would say massively expanding my comfort zone is mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Yeah. Definitely. Because like I said, I was just doing things that I knew I could. I mm-hmm. was calling them challenges. Two other people, but mm-hmm. I knew I could accomplish them, whether they were in my personal life or at work or mm-hmm. athletically or whatever. Uh, yeah, and so what I really did need was something this huge to break me out of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. do something completely new and different uh, that also caused me to open up in a big way to see what else I might be capable of.
0: Wow. And that definitely explore, you know, maybe some self-limiting beliefs or so something you were self-limiting in your life?
1: Yeah. So, limiting beliefs are a real thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're scientifically proven. And uh, about 30 years after I saw the World Championships on TV, mm-hmm. uh, because I still hadn't pursued training for it yet,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, I was in a class and we were studying neuroscience and specifically how our brains establish limiting beliefs and it, it really just is a, a leftover sort of bug in our operating system from caveman times uh, which is our subconscious mind trying to keep us safe and alive so when we're faced with anything new different maybe even scary maybe hmm. even dangerous our subconscious mind jumps in immediately and goes no 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 you're not gonna be able to do that you you shouldn't do that
0: you shouldn't be doing that stop doing right that. There you
1: right. go. And believe me, there were plenty of people later that said, no, 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 Karen, you should not be doing the Iron Man.
0: <laughs> so, and imagine there's a lot of training that has to go in for that, right?
1: A shit ton, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, I just couldn't get up and do it, you know, right?
1: Oh, no. I trained for two years two to be years? able to do it. Yeah. Wow. About 25 hours a week
0: over uh-huh. two years. And how much you get paid for this again? No, I'm just kidding.
1: Uh, <laughs> zero. Yeah. Remember, I got to pay for oh, the privilege oh. of doing it.
0: Huh. I need to charge, I need to figure out, I, I need to start something called uh, Iron Man Potato Chips or something.
1: and Yeah. And,
0: uh, <laughs> cheetos and beer or something, I don't know. So, uh, had you started your own company, your consulting firm at that time? Were you just looking to branch out or was this something that maybe took you out of your corporate world and made you want to start your own company?
1: Yes and yes. So actually, no and yes. I had not started my company at that time. Uh, and it definitely did uh, cause me to want to pioneer what I learned uh, mm-hmm. in this endeavor and my previous years in corporate leadership and also then uh, executive leadership coaching to mm-hmm. bring it all together. Uh, and to work with clients on developing their leadership through the use of neuroscience and specifically behavioral patterns because remember limiting beliefs is nothing more than a behavioral pattern
0: there you go there you go so when you work with uh executives and stuff what do you what do you find the biggest things tripping them up what do you what do you find is the biggest thing that they're usually challenged by
1: behavioral blind spots
0: Ah, scotomas? I think some
1: people call them. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Glaucoma,
0: scotomas. (laughs) I can't remember who came up with that term. I think it might have been Tony Robbins or something, but scotomas, blind spots, where you can't can't see uh, because of your belief systems, right? Correct. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. Yeah, so blind spots are uh, unrecognized weaknesses or threats Mm -hmm. that can hinder you. And so when we work with executive leaders, um, what we're doing is simply shining a light on their behavioral patterns that are blind spots, those behavioral patterns that they aren't aware of consciously, um, but they've been running over years usually because at one point it caused them to rise to success. Mm-hmm. And that's the way a lot of blind spots or behavioral patterns work. They, they work for a long time mm-hmm. and they help propel you up to a certain level, but they won't propel you to levels above that, like reaching higher, elevating. Uh, they, won't, they won't get you there. So you literally have to um, come in, into um, contact with them, see them for what they are, look at what the results you're getting uh, from them is, and then establish new ones and run those instead, if you want to elevate your performance.
0: There you go. It, it, and, you know, it's, it's interesting to me, with Skitoma's, I with my business, I was always worried about the one thing that we hadn't identified or looked for. You know, it's, it's the lion sneaking up mm-hmm. to you from behind you. Mm-hmm. And since you believe that, well, you know, things work this way, uh, you know, business is constantly changing too, as well. So you've got to adapt for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the types of leadership that worked 10 years ago, even yeah. is ineffective today. And, uh, dare I say that executive leaders that aren't looking at their blind spots or their behavioral blind spots, working in their behavioral patterns, uh, they're, they're not going to make it. They're not going to be able to adapt quickly enough, uh, to stay uh, ahead of the market.
0: Yeah, what are what are some classic ones that you find that executives engage in that they need to overcome? Is there any consistent ones that uh, you know maybe they're not paying attention to new uh, to new trends or or new changes in the market?
1: No, those would be more conscious mm-hmm. uh, or strategic blind spots, Chris. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about is behavioral blind spots. Okay. So the the big easy ones to identify, although every executive leader has their own unique ones. Mm-hmm. Uh cuz even though all of our brains work exactly the same way, no two people have the same exact blind spots. Oh wow. Okay, yeah. Uh so some quick easy examples are not showing appreciation. Ah. Uh not admitting when you're wrong. Wait,
0: I'm supposed to admit when I'm wrong? What? Wait. You're never wrong. I'm never wrong. Wait, is that <laughs> ironic? <laughs> right. Um,
1: not truly listening to people. What? Uh, I mean, yeah, right. We all know those people that you can tell they're not really listening to what you're saying. They're just waiting for you to finish so that they can give you their solution, their answer. Mm. Right? So not truly listening. That's sounds uh, like my
0: whole podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing that, uh, yeah. yeah. And then uh, behavior is the thing that really uh, develops us, and and leadership is 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 so complicated. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. People are just like, I don't know, they give me a title, and I just, uh, and I just rule over everybody now. <laughs> it's like, no, it's a little <laughs> bit more complicated. That isn't it?
1: It's a lot more complicated, complex, I would say, than that. Yeah. But the good news is, leaders are not born; they yeah. are made. Mm-hmm. Leaders are not born; they are made. And uh, as long as you apply enough aptitude and you really learn and do the work, you can be a great leader.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even then, you can you can have behaviors like you say that that you don't see or that maybe are hindering you. You know, like uh, sure. I remember one. I don't know if this counts as a behavior, but I know that. Uh Mario Kumo when he got uh when he you know got some sexual harassment charges there, you know, we found out he was going around hugging everybody and being a little too handshaky. And I was like, dude, after me too, like what are you you're running around hugging people still? Like what the hell is going on? Yeah, not sure if that counts for what you're talking about, but
1: it absolutely it, does. Yeah. That's a great uh, example, an extreme example yeah. of a behavioral <laughs> blind spot.
0: You're like, what are you what are you doing? Uh you know, some yeah. of the CEOs that I see i'm I'm just shocked, you know i i we used to write people up for sexual harassment for our companies in the nineties, and uh and yet you see like uh I think the CEO of c n n has an affair with somebody at the office McDonald's had one of those, and I think there was somebody else recently in another place, and you're just like what what are you guys doing, eh like, uh, <laughs> have you, you know, there's, there's different ways of dealing with stuff. And yeah. I, I think a lot of leaders, uh, maybe these days, especially have to focus a little bit more on empathy. It seems like the workplace has really kind of changed and, you know, there's microaggressions now and, uh, diversity things. And, and so you've really got to take a look at all, a lot of your behavior or maybe some of your biases.
1: Yeah. You know what this really points to, uh, mm. which is the number one factor in um, uh, what we call authentic leadership, which is mm-hmm. the most effective form, current form, modern form of leadership. Uh, mm-hmm. And that uh, it points to the number one element or factor that you have to have to be a great authentic leader, which is self-awareness. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah! I have to be self-aware too. No I surprise. just can't wander around doing whatever I want. Right? Oh,
1: wow. Well, the examples that you just gave uh, show that those people are not self-aware yeah. because self-awareness says that you are aware of your own behavior and the impact on others well those people are blind they have no yeah. awareness of their behavior and impact on others
0: yeah or or just i don't know is sometimes they just think maybe they're above the law or then above the Whatever the constraint is, there's like a narcissistic sort of "I'm above the laws," you you know, South Park. Uh, (laughs) Is that maybe some of it that plays into it? That maybe sure, they could be in a
1: in a powerful, prestigious position where they feel like they're beyond reproach. Sure, Mm -hmm. that could be it too. But when you boil it all down to its simplest form, Mm -hmm. it is a lack of self awareness.
0: There you go. Yeah. And I can see how that can be a huge blind spot because you, you know, you, you're, you're, you're just kind of operating on, on autopilot, you know, maybe what you've done, you've always done, but you know, society changes, rules and in, in offices change. There's, you know, we've seen a lot of growth of the diversity stuff. There's, there's a lot of uh, different issues of uh, being more, uh, empathetic towards uh, race, diversity, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, every now and then you'll see some executives stick their foot in their mouth and say something on TV or something. And it's like, well, that, there, there goes that job.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You know, the other thing that it has to do with is relational transparency.
2: Mm-hmm. What Tell you were just that.
1: talking about, DEI. Hello. Mm-hmm. How you're in relationship with other people, mm-hmm. other groups, right oh. what what we work on for the behavioral patterns that that deal with that is something called relationship intelligence quotient oh. so think eq the mm. next evolution of it and the acronym is rq for short
0: oh okay yeah. so so it's it's uh, tell us more about the relationship thing help me understand that cuz i evidently have a blind spot on that <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let me just say, uh, I'm relieved that you're still on this show and that you haven't been shown the door because you know you felt somebody up or something like that.
0: I, <laughs> you uh, were, I, I you would were never so do that.
1: Relationally transparent. No,
0: like I said, yeah. I I I was doing the sexual harassment write ups for employees in the '90s, man. When that <laughs> when that thing hit, I you know I was the CEO. It's like, uh, uh, hey, we gotta. You know, you got to deal with this stuff, or else it gets out of hand. But uh, so I don't know, man. I I, I would never do that. I mean, I, I I don't even hug people. I don't even touch people. I don't get near them. I'm like, yeah. stay over there, employees, and uh, right. like, stay away from me. So, yeah. but but EQ now that's not emotional quotient, right? Or is it
1: EQ is an is emotional um, intelligence quotient? Okay. So RQ mm-hmm. is relational intelligence quotient. Mm-hmm. And what relational transparency is, is understanding how you interact with others oh. and, the, and the dynamics that ensue. And mm-hmm. let's think about this in a work context, okay? You're a leader. You're trying to get things done. You and your team are trying to get things done. Well, everybody goes about getting things done in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. This is called your motivational value system.
0: I thought those be all my bad employees.
1: Well, that could be two. two, Uh, Good and bad. (laughs) And everybody in between. Wait, there's Um, good employees? Yeah. Don't Don't you have any? Uh,
0: No. No, I've seen them all and they've seen me.
1: Well, that's a different kind of problem.
0: That's probably, yeah. That's That's another show. That's probably still
1: my problem. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So how this works is we are able to scientifically (laughs) map out every team member's relationship interaction patterns. Mm. So how, if you and I and three other people were on a team, we would map out and put this up on the wall, how we all interact with each other when we're trying to get things done at work. Oh, really? Yeah. This is truly revolutionary, even though the science on this has been around for 32 years. Mm -hmm. But the reason it's revolutionary is because every time we put this in front of an executive team, they literally sit back in their chair and they go... Holy shit. This is exactly what goes on. Yeah. How did you know this? And we go, it's easy. All we did was inventory your behavior, how you guys interact. It's, it's actually very, very simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and then this- we help them to, to see their behavioral blind spots, uh-huh. how to interact, collaborate, and even engage in healthy debate and productive conflict mm. better.
0: There you go. So this is kinda of like a uh, individual business love language, maybe.
1: Right. Oh, that's a great way to put it.
0: Did I? I thought that was gonna be a sexual harassment thing. So like,
1: <laughs> I think once we use the word love, yeah, we're yeah, probably it, probably, probably don't want to use ourselves that at work up.
0: on that one, but uh, yeah. it's a good analogy. Um, so you you understand, you know, I, I learned a long time ago that you can't treat all your employees the same. There's different people that, that can produce better or or produced differently and you've got to approach them better, motivate them different. You know, you, you can't motivate everybody the same way, just giving up, getting up to your raw, speeches. Um, you know I, we were talking on the show recently um and I, I need to come up with a better word for it because obviously things have changed but i i used to use the i used to use a calling touching employees when we were talking about remote work and boy that just sounds bad when i say it but but to me
2: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> i got to sort of i got to find a better
0: <laughs> yeah i got to find a better word for it because things have changed since the 90s yeah. but uh when we had our major companies i i um uh, to me, going around and meeting with each individual employee and motivating them and touching base with them that's really what the touching is touching base with them, checking in with them, and going, "Hey man, how's it going today? making them feel like a human being, making them feel like I cared because I didn't and uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and you know just just having that interaction thing and I think we were having this uh, conversation a couple weeks ago with an author over remote work and how hard it is for leadership to be able to to touch base with employees across the, you know, across a Zoom meeting because you know it, it's it, there's a little effect, it, it, It's it's harder to kind of infect people with your your enthusiasm, your motivation, and and being able to get them uh, jived up to work hard, and um, and and of course sharing vision, selling vision to people. And so I I used to like that because I'd have to go yeah I'd have to go around with my salespeople and my salespeople would have different issues you know sometimes. You know, maybe they're getting divorced, and they got some sort of home thing that's going on. It's screwing up their sales, and they need me to play psychologist and work it out. But that's one thing I used to like is it, before remote work was being able to uh, touch base with employees. And basically, I, I call that a, a personalized touch, but obviously I can't use that word anymore. I'm going to come up with something better. Do you
1: have any wow. ideas? Wow, wow. Uh, yeah. yeah, so the the <laughs> modern term uh, is connecting.
0: Connecting.
1: Connecting. connecting. See, Not have to take scotomy, anything away just, from just uh, my- touching and infecting.
0: <laughs> I wanted to my-
1: were were STIs a part of your organization <laughs> at some point.
0: <laughs> uh, this is the nineties, eh? We I mean we just had alcohol, cocaine, and uh I don't know, whatever else the hell was going on in the office. <laughs> but uh it was, it was. pretty much like uh, what was that movie, The Wolf of Wall Street. That's kind of how it uh-huh. was. And it was a sales oh yeah,
1: game. So with some yeah. touching and infecting
0: added in. Uh, you know what? <laughs> uh, there was something like, going on between the better-looking employees, but uh, you know, they're on the copy or whatever. I don't know what that means. Okay, but, uh, so it
1: is connecting. It's and connecting. This, this circles back around to authentic leadership. You are able to. <laughs> And I'm not even going to make any jokes about circling back around. HR okay? is uh,
0: sending me a uh, beep right now. Oh, I'm sure. No,
1: uh, So are some others, probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, authentic leadership, and I, I'm going to get this out before I crack up because it's absolutely true. Authentic leadership is sharing yourself in whole and authentically with team members.
0: Is that when I come to the office, somewhere <laughs> over, half naked, <laughs> wearing shorts?
1: that's why i had to get it out with a straight face first. you
0: knew that you knew you were setting me up for that <laughs> exactly huh? i get it
1: i was lobbing that in for you
0: there you go we should be a team go on the road with a comedy yeah bit. um yeah. the uh it, no these are important because like i said you know i i kind of have a little scotoma there i don't even know what the hell they call it um but uh, I do know in a way. I know I do know to stay the hell away from him. Although I don't know, you know, being being able to give someone a pat on the back or high five every now and then is cool. But I, I don't think that's even legal in corporate world anymore. I think it's okay. you have to keep a six foot distance and just poke them with a stick or something. <laughs> oh, even that sounds bad.
1: Well, how about? Doing all of those things, connecting with them through your words. Oh, words. You are, you are being authentic about mm-hmm. yourself with them, and you're inviting them to do the same with you. Mm-hmm.
0: And because yeah. one thing I learned about a leader is if people feel you care about them, if you have their best yeah. interests at heart, if you're trying to help them achieve their goals, uh, you know, and it's not so much about like, well, you need to make the comp- company achieve their goals. People are like, what, what does that do for me? Huh? lately mm-hmm. and so um, what are some of the other things you help uh corporate executives accomplish
1: well hold on let's finish okay, that let's thought
0: that.
1: uh so when you care enough about team members and employees that you will examine your own behavior mm. you will get to know and understand your own behavior and your your blind spots and you will ask others for feedback Mm -hmm. and you will learn their behavior Mm. and you will actively give them helpful feedback that you're in it together.
0: Yeah. I learned some people's behavior and fired them too. So there's that.
1: Well, yeah, there's (laughs) that. There's that. They were
0: stealing or, you know, talking on the phone too much or something.
1: Yeah, But that means you're in relationship with them. Right. Ah. Relationship transparency, relationship intelligence quotient.
0: This is kind of interesting because I never really thought about being in a relationship with my employees uh, because, uh, well, I think HR said it was a bad thing last time I did that. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, I I never really thought about that. And it's more of a long term commitment sort of thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not sure I'm up for that sort of commitment.
1: Well, hold on. Uh, take the commitment out of it. Oh, okay. Because what it really is, is think about how you get things done at work.
0: Mm, we we're supposed unless, to get things done here? Uh,
1: Well, yeah, sometimes. Hey, get to
0: work over there, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: unless you are a one-man band, a one-person show, <laughs> you have to get things done through others. Yeah. And it's the relationship you have with them mm-hmm. that enables or dictates the level of work that you're going to be able to get done together.
0: Mm-hmm. There you go. So uh, tell, us, tell us a little bit more about what you talk about in your book. Let's get a good plug in here for the book and, and some of the stuff you talk about. I know she got Brian Tracy, I think, to, uh, to, to put a bit of her endorsement on there.
1: Ah, Brian Tracy's a friend. I didn't get him to do it.
0: Okay, well, I was (laughs) like, you have a relationship quotient with him, or something.
1: A relationship intelligence quotient with him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All right. So, what the the premise of the book is that we all still struggle with limiting beliefs because, like I said at the top of the show, limiting beliefs are nothing more than a leftover bug in our operating system, which is called our brain. Okay, mm-hmm. they don't they don't really serve us anymore. They just hold us back mm-hmm. from doing things that are new or different, or sometimes even dangerous, but not not that often. Um, and so, uh, the book, which is told through my journey to the Ironman, which is one of the toughest races in the world, probably back then it was, uh, that I sort of used my my own story and myself as an example and a guinea pig, mm-hmm. right. Um, Because I am a super nothing, not talented athlete. I have no natural incre- incredible ability in that department. I have to work my ass off for everything I do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I felt like I was a good sort of case study. Mm-hmm. Uh, and doing something humongous like that, you run into limiting beliefs. Oh, I can't possibly compete against professional athletes. I'm just a recreational athlete. I haven't ever run a marathon before. I haven't rode a road or ridden a road bike before. Those are all limiting beliefs, Ah. right? Mm -hmm. So in the book, I teach you three steps. It's just as easy as that. Three steps on how to unlimit your beliefs. And you can do it with any limiting beliefs. Works every single time. It's super easy because you know what? Our brains, what I often call our brains is this very powerful, yet simplistic machine. Mm-hmm. It'll do anything that you tell it, it can do. And if you're subliminally telling it that you can't, it can't do something, then it's going to prove you right. It's going to go, yeah, we can't do that. <laughs> and it's going to stop you.
0: sounds like half my life. <laughs> can, you, can you tease out the, the, the three things or do you oh, want to, yeah. do we, so or first do want you got to buy sure. the book?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, she got to buy the book.
0: Yeah. You buy the uh, book,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, it's three simple steps, honestly. Anybody and everybody can do it. Mm. Uh, you're basically becoming aware of it, right? Mm. We talked about awareness. Ah. uh uh-huh.
0: The first step is admitting you have a issue. Right. That's what they tell me down at the methadone, methadone clinic. <laughs> methadone <laughs> exactly.
1: <clinic>? Skitomas, <laughs> <laughs> <Oof. laughs> methadone, you're throwing them out today.
0: We got them all. We got them all. It's it's a full it's a full. We had cocaine in there earlier. Yeah. So, you know we got a full we got a full buffet.
1: <laughs> well, don't remember the Don't forget the touching and the infecting.
0: Touching and the infecting. It's a full contact show. It's a full contact show. <laughs> it is. You were taught. You mentioned earlier about about you know can I compete and beat uh, you know uh, professional athletes and I was like you know how to do that you you just stick a stick between their legs or tripping me.
1: <laughs> you stick a uh, stick in their spokes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So now that I've interrupted you enough, uh, how about, how about, uh, can we get those three uh, I things there? I oh, think sure. you got the first one, right?
1: So first one is become aware mm-hmm. of the limiting beliefs that you're running. You do that by thinking about whatever it is you want to pursue. Mm-hmm. Iron man, infecting people, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> and make a list of all of the limiting thoughts that come up to you up in your head, oh. just off the top of your head onto the page. Uh, I can't compete. Uh, I'm not a road biker. I've never run a marathon. I'm a terrible swimmer. Those, those were some of mine. Uh, so just jot those down, left-hand margin on a page.
0: I like okay? that writing those down so that you, you have them, you can look at them. I mean, trying oh, to battle yeah. them in your head is is especially when you have eight personalities like I do is hard. <laughs> But I like that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So become aware of them, jot them down. Mm -hmm. And be aware that there's there's probably going to be more than one. There might be a leading one, Mm -hmm. but then stay with it and keep asking yourself that question and and diving into pursuing whatever it is you're thinking of, and more will come out. Okay? Mm -hmm. And it's important, like you said, to get them all out of your head, Mm -hmm. onto the page, okay, so you can see them. Then take each one and write the opposite of the limiting belief. Mm. So for me, uh, my limiting belief was I can't possibly compete against pro athletes in the Ironman. Mm
2: -hmm. The
1: opposite of that is the unlimiting belief, which for me was I will compete in the Ironman World Championships.
0: Yeah. Mine would have been I'll just trip them.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So write out the opposite, unlimiting belief for each one.
0: Ah, so you changed Uh the paradigm of.
1: Yep. Then, carry this with you. Take a picture of it on your phone, carry it with you, whatever you have to do. Then, when you notice yourself thinking that limiting belief, Mm -hmm. interrupt it. Uh And then say out loud the unlimiting version of that belief. So literally, I would stop myself during the day. I was a CEO of a major real estate office at the time. Yes, I got some funny looks. It's okay. I would stop myself dead in my tracks and go, all right, stop. And then I go, I will compete in the Ironman World Championships. Mm -hmm. And then I would go on. So I would do this multiple times a day. And two short years later, after I started pursuing this dream, I crossed the finish line in Hawaii. Wow.
0: That is yeah. awesome. And, and remember, I'm nothing special. Yeah. Well, I mean, you are, actually. I mean, everyone's a special person in their own right. My mom said I was special, and she put me in the short <laughs> bus when I was a kid, but that's a different joke. But uh, <laughs> hey, how, how many hours did you say the Ironman takes?
1: Well, they give you 17 to finish, mm-hmm. and it took me 15 hours and 45 minutes.
0: Wow. That is crazy. That's, that's basically exercising for 14 hours?
1: Uh, 16. Thank you. 16 hours.
0: 16. 16. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot of exercise. Like I'm usually, I'm usually tired on the treadmill after like five minutes. (laughs) Yeah. So I probably need to train a little bit more if I'm going to do the Ironman. Um, so how did it feel? Uh, tell us about how it felt for people that maybe are interested in, in trying to expand their, 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 their limits and their boundaries and stuff. What did it feel when you find, you know, you work so hard, you go through two years of blood, sweat and tears. You, you get to the moment, you, you, you meet the moment. Well, what, what's it like when you come out the other side of that, you know, after all the puking and bloodletting, spitting <laughs> up stuff and stuff? <laughs> you, you're like, I can't feel my legs. Uh, you know, what's it like mentally when you, when you finally go, I, I, I reached the pinnacle and I did it?
1: First of all, it was the most magnificent day ever. Mm-hmm. Even though I was swimming, biking, and running, exercising for 16 hours straight.
2: <laughs>
1: Which you're probably thinking, how the hell could that be magnificent? Uh, but it was. It was, yeah. uh, it was the realization of this humongous dream. Mm-hmm. And so that whole day, every minute of it, even though I was toiling, was filled with enormous joy and just epiphany after epiphany. That you know everything that that it took to get there, all of the connections that I made along the way, everything I learned, uh, and that that crossing the finish line, which I actually jumped over the finish line. Really? Oh yeah. Now I'm a white girl with no hops. <laughs> <laughs> but I leapt over the finish line, uh-huh. uh, like uh, jumped four feet in the air, uh-huh. and this is after 16 hours of exercising. Wow! Yeah, that's how exuberant and filled with joy I was. I couldn't stop smiling. Wow. I was crying, running down Ali'i Drive from happiness. That is awesome. So, yeah it it was the immediate and enormous realization of my potential. And that yeah. I had tapped into it.
0: Do you advise uh, different executives to to maybe do, or just anybody in their life, to try and push their boundaries, their limits? Uh, try and try, try, Does does it have to be a a really over the top goal, or you know, like uh, jumping on airplanes or something, <laughs> or or can I just uh, I don't know, eat an extra handful of Doritos today or something? <laughs>
1: Well, I don't think an extra handful of Doritos is going to be challenging enough to get you there.
0: It's hard. You have to reach over and then sometimes you have to go to the place for the bag and stuff.
1: Go to the, <laughs> the store. I know. Oh, it's tough. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, what, uh, what I suggest- <laughs> I'm not making
0: Iron Man anytime It's really to easy it, to get
1: off track on this show.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> what I suggest is do something big enough uh, or take on something big enough that- you really don't know how you're going to do it. There you go. You, and maybe it makes you feel like you're going to vomit, break out in a cold sweat. Mm-hmm. That is good. That is a good sign. Because if none of those things happen, the dream probably isn't big enough.
0: Hmm. Maybe you need to be you know, self-aware that you kind of feel your, yourself freaking out a little bit. Like, whoa, this is like too big for us. And, and, yeah. and I, think, I think sometimes in psychology or maybe motivational books, this is called stretching where you're kind of stretching yourself, right? Stretching your ability. And when you find that you stretch, you find that you have a wider aperture of what you can achieve, accomplish, and maybe expanding your your mind.
1: Yes, that's exactly it. Yes. I call it expanding your comfort zone. There you go. And in in the book, I open with an analogy that often we think we have to get outside of our comfort zone Mm -hmm. to, uh, Do really big things. Mm -hmm. Well, I disagree with that. I don't think there's really any, you know, scientific, uh, proof that shows how we can get outside our comfort zone to do big things. It's in expanding our comfort zone that we do big things and that it's your comfort zone is actually like uh, an infinitely expandable rubber band Mm. that, that never snaps back. It Mm -hmm. just keeps expanding bigger and bigger and bigger.
0: Is there ever a chance? Is there ever a point where you can n- not have any blind spots as an executive or as a human being? Is there is there a way you can master it all, or are, is is the world just going to constantly change, or you're going to constantly change, or business environment's going to constantly change, where you just have to keep trying to adapt and and uh, and move with it?
1: That's a great question, Chris. Yeah. the The truth is, yes, you'll always have blind spots. Damn but it. As you grow and expand and elevate, there are mm-hmm. fewer of them, and they're less pronounced.
0: There you go, because I'm yeah. tired of trying to work to be a leader. I just like to get it <laughs> over with. I, mean, can I, just want, I just want to ride and be like, okay, I know everything now, which uh-huh. is, which is, I mean, I've thought I've known everything for the past fifty-five years, so, and right. I, and uh, clearly, the more I know, the more I don't know, which is, yeah, uh, yeah that's always disturbing. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it, leadership is is such a big challenge for people, um, and I think a lot of people don't understand that they're leaders sometimes no matter where they are. Uh, you know, I've had some people say, well, I'm not, I'm just a manager here, I'm not the real leader. The leader's a CEO guy, I just kind of hang out here and move the papers around. And people don't realize there's there's all sorts of different places where you can be a leader. A parent is a leader, um, mm-hmm. you know, at least they are until the kids are teenagers, and then, you know, that, that switches On the game, but uh,
1: in my estimation, in my viewpoint, everyone is leading themselves. There you go. I like that. Yeah. So whether you're a parent, you're a child, you're a student, you're a manager, you're a bank teller, doesn't matter. You are leading yourself,
0: Mm -hmm. right? So you just own it. And roll with it. Are there people that aren't leading themselves? I think I've seen those. Are they politicians? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, woo boy. Ooh. <laughs> I threw, threw some shade there at the politicians. Oh like, yeah. Like there is an easy crowd to pick on.
1: So. Sure. There are plenty of people who are not <laughs> leading themselves. And the way I like to look at that is that they're just not self aware. They're not ah. they're 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 asleep.
0: Mm-hmm. So we okay. come back to the whole self-awareness thing. And then that, yeah. that does explain some of the people they see in life that kind of sleepwalk through life and they they, you know, they accept whatever social norms are given to them or self, social programming. Uh, and uh you know, so how do you know if you're self-aware or not? <laughs> <laughs> see what I did there? Yeah.
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, I would ask for feedback. There you go. From people that work with you a lot. Uh, Ask them for unvarnished, honest feedback. Yeah. And then have a neutral third party like us look at that feedback with you. Oh, maybe, maybe we'll even do a, a relational or an RQ inventory of mm-hmm. your behavior. Because uh, uh, another cool application for that is that we can literally uh, pinpoint the behavior that you feel like you exhibit. Versus the behavior that others experience from you,
0: ah yeah, now do you that have to do like shows uh, the
1: blind spots
0: huh. do you have to do well. like an anonymous uh, survey sort of thing so that uh you know I can't fire those people <laughs> they just want to? retaliatory firing that's uh one of my favorite things
1: oh right yeah don't do that, people. It, huh. it goes it it goes right along with uh uh touching and infecting
0: exactly yeah yeah the uh yeah no we we did one of those surveys once to my employees and it was basically a description of my behavior was uh, lots of four-letter words and he smells bad <laughs> Which, uh, that's one the one.
1: most interesting interesting 360 i've ever heard have of. you ever
0: have you ever had that <laughs> you ever had go back and go, hey the boss smells bad <laughs> Need some cologne and maybe bathe once in a while. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's it it is a version of a three hundred and sixty, but it is anonymous. There yes. you go. Yeah.
0: there you go. And and, and I imagine it is hard for executives or CEOs to get that kind of feedback. Or um, yeah, mm, yeah,
1: yes, because of what you just talked about. Everybody mm-hmm. fears their job. Yeah. Oh, if I tell you 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 smell, if I tell you 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 suck. Well, you're probably going to fire me.
0: Yeah. Well, well the nice thing no. is, I know I smell, so it's this
1: awesome. <laughs> Okay.
0: It's like it's like when the people comment on YouTube and they go, "You're fat." And I'm like, "Oh, thanks for telling me something I didn't know. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> thanks for being the epiphany angel in my life." <laughs> but uh, I, I, you know, I think this is important. You know, one of the things I talked about in my book, uh, "Beacons of Leadership." I, I put forth that the a leader is like a lighthouse, and he sends forth a beacon, and there's a communication of what you're talking about through your behavior and how you how you communicate with people and basically what sort of light you send forth that people uh, interpret and look to as a leader and go uh you know do i want to follow this idiot or not uh but being able to understand what that uh, what that behavior is and being able to have that self-awareness and feedback i think is really important because if you don't i mean you're just you're just, you know, and, and a lot of leaders do that. You know, they're just narcissistically PRing into the wind. Like mm-hmm. one of the examples I would love to use is, is you know, he he's maybe stealing from the company, and in the meantime, he's telling everybody we should be a trustworthy corporation and honest. And you know, they send out these PR notices, and people are reading the PR notices, employees or vendors or whatever, and and they're like, uh, you don't live your values, eh? Mm-hmm. You're like totally in conflict, but you're full of shit, as uh-huh. uh, George Carlin would say. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, the other, the other way that we do that, because uh, your point is, is right <laughs> on, on the spot, right on target. Um, the other way that we get at that is uh, sometimes we'll do the interviewing one-on-one mm. to garner the feedback for the CEO. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we have to say to the team members, Hey, we are not going to share any of the specifics that you share with us about the CEO. So you can yes. say he's a total a-hole We're not going to use that with him. We're just going to distill everything that's given to us down to the behavioral blind spots that they equate to.
0: There you go. There you go. Yeah, I, you know, it, getting feedback is is uh, a challenging thing, and and it can be, you know, you're like, well, you, you think to yourself, well, what if they say really bad stuff about me, or they really don't like sof- something? I, I I I spoke to a friend who uh, watches the show regularly, and he was he he made some fun comments uh, of a guest we had on, and uh, and I I I think the I think that I saw how the maybe the guests could have done a better job, so I reached out to him and I said, hey what did you think of that show? what did you think of that guest? And, and, uh, and I remember thinking in my brain, see himself wary, Uh at least in this space. Um, and I, I thought in my brain, I'm like, God, what if he tells me this show is complete garbage? And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's me who's the problem. And, and whatever, whatever, and and you know, but I had that thought that went through my brain. But I I still sat down with him, and he had some, he had some great tips. And he, actually, I think uh, they liked the guest more than maybe uh, I thought how how the interview went. Um mm-hmm. And so it, it's it's scary, it's scary to do that and get that feedback. But this is the only way you can improve, right? It's kind of like what you did with the Iron Man thing. You, you know, it's scary to go up against that big goal and, and, and all that stuff. And and sometimes you can dread it, but you just got to go for it. And that's the only way you can really learn and improve is to get that feedback. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. You just keep walking around blind. Then you're going to get the same results you always got.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: You're not going to grow. You're not going to improve because you're not going to ever, uh, you know, be um, shown anything new.
0: Yeah. What's that old line, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting the same results? Is
1: is insanity.
0: Is insanity, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which my psychiatrist says I'm from. <laughs> what, what haven't we touched on that you guys do at your company and how you help people?
1: What haven't we touched on?
0: Yeah. See, I use that touch word again. What the hell? Is
1: right, there? touching and infecting. Touching and <laughs> infecting. I love that. I'm taking that away from this yeah. show. What, what
0: have we? What, what have you? Never mind. I'm not throwing out on your company. Uh, so, so uh, anything more you want to tease out about how you guys do it and, and what you do over there?
1: Yeah. Well, we actually can touch and infect everyone. <laughs> so the way that works is we do uh, enterprise wide leadership development programs that are comprehensive, soup to mm-hmm. nuts. They include training and coaching and teamwork and RQ, uh, interviews that we talked about, 360s, and all of it is customized because mm-hmm. no two companies are the same. As I said before, no two people or leaders have the same unique behavioral patterns or behavioral blind spots, mm-hmm. right? So we've got to take all of that into account and meet the company where they're at and then- produce programs that will, uh, you know, fit what they have going on.
0: There you go. There you Mm -hmm. go. I I like that. Um, You know, leaders are everywhere and a company has to develop their leaders because you've got to... You know, as the people who rise to the ranks, these are your future CEOs, your future vice presidents, future people you're going to fire, uh, and <laughs> uh, and uh, if future people you're going to touch and affect. Um, people, HR is in my ear right now, uh, but uh, you know, you've you've got to develop them because they're your replacement, especially if you're a CEO. I mean, that was one thing I learned early on as a CEO's. You know, you, you eventually got to start turning uh, things over to people. You got to start delegating. And and maybe you don't want to be the CEO of your company. You want to move to some other things that you want to do. and But you need to put somebody who's in a good leadership position who could lead well. And I've certainly, you know, been guilty of putting in people that i thought would make great managers uh usually good sales people that uh we hadn't developed to be good leaders and and they made horrible managers mm-hmm. uh and sales people and managers kind of are two different sort of animals i'm not sure if you can fully convert them you know better than i would yeah but uh it was always a challenge um because they're they're, they're just I, I think they're just two different modalities but uh you know if you don't have good people you can put in different positions and, and let them lead. And I think a lot of people have leadership potential. Do they? Or am I delusional? Do you have a good Yeah. Them?
1: Yeah. A lot of people do have leadership potential. <laughs> Remember what I said earlier. Leadership is learned, not innate.
0: That's right. That's yeah, right. But sure. it,
1: it, it, it has a direct correlation to how much, how uh, effective of a leader are you going to be, uh, directly correlates to, uh, how much self-awareness you're willing to cultivate mm-hmm. and then how much work you're willing to do to change your behavioral patterns.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let, let me ask you this. Does that, those behavioral patterns include communication? Yes. Like one of the things I always, always try to be self-aware and was always struggling to, was making sure that what I was communicating, people are understanding. So like if you're telling somebody just a simple example, you know, how to operate a piece of machinery. Okay, you go beep, 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 boop, boop. And that's how you, how you make that work. And, you know, sometimes an employee would screw something up and I'd say, you know, hey, what happened? They'd be like, well, you told me to do this. And I'm like, I did. And, you know, you'd have to try and figure out the best way to communicate to make sure that, you know, am I communicating my vision correctly? Am I instructing people correctly? Am I motivating correctly? Um, So here I just thought I was paranoid this time, but I guess I was trying to be (laughs) self-aware.
1: Oh, yeah. So what you're talking about there is uh, a couple of different things. Uh, Mm -hmm. First of all, managers manage things. Managers manage tasks. Mm -hmm. Leaders
0: lead people. Ah, I love this.
1: Yeah. So when you're telling, say, a manager how to run a machine, you are telling them how to do something. You're telling them how to manage tasks, right? When you're a leader leading people, what you're doing is setting expectations of the end result that you're looking for. There you go. And then saying, okay, that's the end result. Now figure out how to get it done. There you go. Doesn't matter to me how you get it done. I just want this to be the end result.
0: Mm-hmm. And painting a good vision for them is really important as well.
1: You have to set clear expectations, and that's yeah. something that we we do find a lot as a behavioral blind spot that either no expectations are set at all. Mm-hmm. It's just you go from a meeting where everybody says, "Oh yeah, that's what we need to do," mm-hmm. and somebody's going to do it, but they it don't know it. who it is, <laughs> and they don't know by when. Uh, much less anything more detailed about the expectations on what needs to be done mm-hmm. or what the end result is, uh, or they're very vague, yeah. very vague. Or we just need uh, more meetings. Yeah, we, we just need 20% growth. Okay, <laughs> 20% growth in what? By when? <laughs> Measured how? Yeah. Right? Definitely. Give them some more detail and then truly step out other way, have some milestone check-in meetings, mm-hmm. ask what the trajectory is, maybe maybe measure some data, track some results, see if you're on trajectory, if you're on course. If not, this is called performance management, ask some questions, mm-hmm. right? Hey, tell me uh, what's attributing to where we are versus where we wanted to be at this point. Mm-hmm. Let them talk. See, the, the thing about authentic leadership that I think gets just glossed over a lot of times is the incredibly powerful use of asking good questions rather than assuming and telling. Oh well, you're off course because we're missing the mark, and tell me what what's going wrong.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Where are you falling short? What? <laughs> uh, no, that's not going to be real effective with anybody. Mm-hmm. So you've got to ask really good questions, stay out of assumptions, uh, and then get them to tell you what's going on,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then just help facilitate uh, solutions for it. That is also your role as a leader. You are a facilitator. You are not. You do not need to be the smartest person in the room. You you do not have to command and control, come up with every solution, every idea, and tell people what to do. That's the opposite of authentic leadership.
0: Yeah. I, I love this because when I was, I'd read, I think it was the, called the fifth discipline back in the day. I'm an old 80s books reader and a lot of the Tom Peters. And I remember, I think it was the f- fifth discipline, and the book talked about trying to create a learning organization. Uh-huh. And that was the thing I was always trying to do. And, and maybe the better uh, language word is what you use, making a self-aware uh, organization, because that way you kind of self-learn, really. Yeah. yeah. Sound right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, as long as you give people the room To self learn because guess what? That's going to include making mistakes Mm -hmm. and failing. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Right. But uh, there isn't one person I can talk to that wouldn't say they learned the most through making mistakes or failures. There you go. That is the way we learn the biggest lessons. We don't really learn much by having successes (laughs) in in our subconscious brain. It's just like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that worked well. All right. On to the next thing. It doesn't, it it doesn't even register.
0: And then sometimes that just re- kind of reinforces sometimes maybe scotoma or bad behavior. Cause we're like, well, I'm succeeding. I make yeah. more money. They give me a bigger check this year. Clearly whatever I'm doing is working. Yeah. You know? And then, and then yeah. suddenly so you've hugged people too much and, and, uh, <laughs> you're the Cuomo, governor Cuomo. And, and like, you leave them with an go. infection and you leave them with infection. You gotta go. Yeah. You gotta yeah. Go, man.
1: Well, I mean, let me you- say this, <laughs> let me say this. The proof is in the pudding on all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, several companies we've worked with uh, doing, you know, full, comprehensive, enterprise-wide leadership development programs, mm-hmm. they had, the years that we did that, they had the best financial performing years of their entire company history. Wow. I mean, we're talking uh, very mature, tenured companies, 55, 60, 70-year-old companies.
0: Wow. Yeah. Do you, do you they were also
1: voted they were also voted some of the best places to work
0: and that's important too, especially now when you're fighting for employees because they're yeah. you know it's it's a battle now there for employees. well I don't know they're laying off people right now but but uh, it, it, I think it still is a battle i mean our our employment market
1: if you're in tech hard. it's not so much of a battle but yeah. other sectors yeah
0: yeah. It's it's pretty crazy what's going on right now, but I can see how this could develop a learning organization. Do you ever, w- when you're doing this with companies, do you ever have, you know, maybe that one or two employer, or a couple employees like, I don't want to do this, I don't want to learn anything? <laughs> that ever happen?
1: Sometimes, Sometimes. yes. You gotta give them a little well,
0: prod and go, hey.
1: A uh, cattle prod works really well. Oh, wow.
0: So yeah, see, electrified. See, yeah. I was just doing touching and affecting. You just went full cattle prod, right? Yeah, there.
1: exactly. Is that? Yeah.
0: Do we, can we <laughs> run that by HR and see if that's legal? <laughs> I, think, I think I might actually consider that in the 90s. <laughs>
1: no, here's the really cool thing about how this actually works is people get curious. You know, those those reticent ones, those resistant ones, they get curious, number one, because everybody around them is using it. Ah. Yeah. Everybody around them is using it. They are looking inward. They are becoming more self-aware. They're working on themselves. And quite frankly, they don't want to be left behind. Mm -hmm. And second of all, the science interests them. Ah. And because they also know that they can hang their hat on it. It Mm -hmm. is scientific. It's not conjecture or just, you know, something that worked well for one person and Mm -hmm. probably won't work for everyone. But that's also why you know we started using science over 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's why I pioneered this science into the executive leadership development space. Because in my Ironman journey and after being a corporate for so many years and then being an executive coach, the two did not go together back then. Mm-hmm. Nobody was doing this. I mean, there were no Brene Brown, Simon Sinek, uh, Daniel Pink, Adam Grants on the scene. They didn't exist. So I thought, oh, this... The space is ripe for a game changer, for uh, an exponential difference maker. And this is it because the speed and volume processing power of our unconscious mind is more like a rocket ship compared to that of our conscious mind, which is like a skateboard. There you go. So which would you rather ride, a rocket ship or a skateboard?
0: Well, it, it depends. Uh, is there any Iron Man working on this uh, rock ship ride? Where I have to? Exercise? No. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, and, and you're right. This is science. It's basic brain neurology, and uh, yeah. our brains are kind of like little computers, and, and how it works. So, would you say that it's better to do this, or should we just have more pizza parties to get the employees motivated? <laughs> big linkedin joke there, there you know the fun one well this has been a fun insightful uh interview and i've loved it because you've actually opened my mind to a few things uh, especially about how there's no more touching and affecting anymore so <laughs> i'm gonna go face it hr but no it, uh, i always want to create a learning organization and i now i have a better word for it i have um Being self aware. Uh, I'm now self aware that I have a better word for it. Oh, (laughs) somewhere. So uh, give me your dot com so people can find you on the interwebs and learn more about your company and what you guys do there.
1: All right. Go to your Y O U R exponential results dot com. You can get in touch with me there. You can read up on everything we do. You can book an appointment. Uh, Yeah, you can spend all day there if you want.
0: Okay. Spend all day on the website. There you go. <laughs> Reach out to you guys. And, and I imagine they can uh, uh, talk to you about different services you offer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the, uh, it's been fun to have you on. I've learned a lot. In fact, I probably this is probably one of my best uh, learning experiences when it comes to business in a while because it's, it's, it's actually made me think about a lot of things I did over the last 35 years, good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> that. So thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. This was a ball. There you go. And thanks, my audience, for tuning in. We couldn't do it without you. You guys are the smartest audience in the world. And if you've listened this far, you're damn far smarter than ever. So now go shine forth. Sign up for the Iron Man uh, if you want. Uh, How much does the Iron Man pay again? Anyway, (laughs) callback (laughs) joke for the show. Um, But uh, learn to expand your minds and become more self aware, really, because I'm tired of putting up with most of you who aren't. (laughs) Quit sleepwalking through your live, eh? Uh, But thank you for coming by the show, everyone. Go to goodreads.com for Chess Chris Foss, YouTube.com for Chess Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com for Chess Chris Foss. This will be on the big LinkedIn newsletter and also uh, TikTok. We're trying to be cool, and we're not because we're old, but we're going to try and make it work. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time. And that should have us out.